0: Welcome back to Breaking Up with Michaela Cimantri. That's me, your host, and this is the podcast where we talk about breaking up, relationship advice, dating stories, and personal stories about some of the worst breakups, most embarrassing, or cringiest breakups of all time. So thank you for joining us today, and let's get started. Hello, and welcome back. Today is the fifth episode, I believe, of my podcast, Breaking Up. If you are new, Breaking Up is a podcast where I collectively just want to gather a lot of various experiences and dating stories, kind of to serve like a hub for advice and just like things that people have gone through in terms of dating and relationships and breakups, Overall, just any advice that I feel like my younger self could have benefited from. I know that we've had, I think, two guests so far. Oh, then this is definitely episode six. Sorry, I have been pre-recording so many episodes in preparation to launch my podcast that after, you know, recording and filming four or five episodes before even premiering my first one, it can get kind of confusing which episode is what and what order, but this is definitely episode number six if everything goes according to plan. Currently, I only have one episode live right now. I just premiered my podcast, so this is super exciting because as I'm recording, it feels like it's brand new in a sense where now like the world knows this big secret that I've been working on, but from my perspective, I have been hustling and grinding away at this for like two months. It's definitely been a learning process, but I feel like at this point I have really mastered my style of editing and how I like to prep for podcast episodes and how I record them. So it's coming along very nicely and I feel good with where I'm at. All of that being said, today's episode, as you could tell by the title, is going to be about my worst fights with one of my ex-boyfriends and toxic red flags that you should definitely keep an eye out for in relationships because I didn't even realize that these were red flags and looking back, I just wish there was somebody there to save me. (laughs) A couple just like house rules before we get started with today's episode is number one, whatever platform you are currently listening on, please make sure that you are subscribed to my podcast or following it if you are on Spotify, And on Apple Podcasts, if you could take 20 seconds out of your day and leave me a review, five-star rating, it's just a couple taps on your phone or a couple clicks on your laptop. It would really help a ton. I launched my podcast a few days ago, like I mentioned, and the first weekend, I think I had like two or three reviews so thank you so much. If you have left me a review and have somehow supported my podcast as I am launching this new platform and project that I've been working on, it means a lot. So as we're establishing ourselves as a podcast, leaving that review, leaving me five stars, it really does help get this project off the ground and running and help it you know, appear in recommendations and get... Higher on the list of dating genre podcasts and all of that. With the algorithm, Five star reviews can go a long way. So I'd really appreciate your support. Speaking of support, if you are unfamiliar, there is listener support available through Anchor. So anchor.fm slash Michaela There is a support button. And this is basically just meaning that, you know, my podcast is a public listener platform. It would not function without you, the audience, the listeners, and monthly subscriptions are available if you would like to show your support to my podcast. I think the average is $4.99 a month, but you can change that to a dollar, 3 bucks, whatever you want. Shout out to my first listener supporter who actually subscribed the day that my podcast came out. Thank you so much, Emma. You made my day. So again, if you want to shout out on my podcast, I can do that if you become a listener supporter. That is through anchor.fm if you go to my podcast. I leave all of these links in the descriptions of my podcast episodes as well. So if you're confused as to how to find it, you can open that up and all the links should be available in that as well. One last thing. (laughs) My podcast has an Instagram. It is at Up underscore podcast. Be sure that you are following my Instagram for updates on episodes. Uh, I post the Pinterest quotes that I have used in every episode. You'll have hints at who the new guests are for new episodes, and it's a way for us to connect. So I've actually reached out to some future guests through that Instagram account as well. Like I said, that is breaking up underscore podcast on Instagram. Okay, I think I have covered all of the things I wanted to make sure I went over at the beginning of this episode. So, getting into really the gist of what today's podcast episode is going to be about, like I said, I want to talk to you about some of the biggest fights that one of my ex-boyfriends and I have had. So, (sighs) I debated whether or not to share these for a few weeks, too, because the idea for today's episode actually stemmed from maybe a few months ago when one of these fights kind of just came up in conversation with my mom and it's something that she had never heard of you know oddly enough i think my mom said something like i really missed your ex-boyfriend blah 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 and i decided to enlighten her by filling her in on some of the darker sides of our ex relationship that she never saw because as the parents she really only saw the holidays and the anniversaries what i chose to post online what i chose to tell her about and whenever my ex came over which wasn't frequently but when he did obviously we were on our best behavior and she only saw the gifts that he got me the roses all of that she never saw this other side that really was a big part of that whole relationship so i finally was just like yeah you wouldn't miss him so much if you knew that this happened and i told her something that is going to be the first story that i share with you guys today and she was just floored Like, wow, I'm so glad that you got out of that relationship. And she even said, if that ever happens to you again, run. So this really just made me realize that in the moment when this fight was going on, I had no idea what such a big red red flag that was. And to have my mother kind of give me that advice, even though it was two years later, I decided that I need to share these stories, these times that we fought because maybe there is somebody out there who was just like me not too long ago and was living it, was dealing with these toxic fights and manipulating behaviors and didn't really even realize that and maybe this could help you. So, if you somehow relate to any of these stories or can identify with them... They're red flags, they're toxic. I have been both the manipulator and the person manipulated. Sorry, I did have a glass of wine. I'll try not to slur too many words as I record this. I don't want to give myself the full benefit of the doubt by saying, oh, I was so young, but it is a factor. We started dating when I was 21 and we dated until I was just about 23. Looking back, yes, I am only 24 and a half now, but I can still realize that for early 20s, like, man, 21 is very, very young. So I, and this was my first serious relationship. So I didn't have a lot of experience or advice really to ground me on these situations. I had to fully just live them to realize that they were either mistakes or learning experiences, red flags, toxic situations all of the above. And now that I've learned it, I want to share what I've learned with you. So before we get into it, I'm going to take a quick break. Let's hear from our sponsors and we'll be right back. In case you didn't know, this podcast officially has merch. If you like the Breaking Up podcast logo, then you'll love the hoodies, t-shirts, phone cases, mugs, socks, like you name it, that we have available for purchase. I felt super inspired by my creation of the logo with the hand squeezing the heart that I wanted to make some collections of merchandise. So definitely check it out. I tried really hard to design something for everyone. So there are a lot of options, colors, sizes, styles. We have pastels, we have an after dark collection of just all black with white text and logo for more of a minimalistic or emo vibe, which I love. Some have the logo printed small and subtle and other pieces have it in the middle. I just really tried to find something that anyone and everyone could enjoy. Definitely check it out and see for yourself. You can shop the Breaking Up merchandise at teespring.com store Michaela dash or I know it's a lot easier to just click a link, so that will be in the podcast description as well. You can also find it on my YouTube channel as well, and even on the podcast's Instagram at breakingup underscore podcast in the description of that account. I have a coupon code for you listeners too, so if you use the code BREAKINGUP in all caps, you'll receive 15% off of your total purchase. This is another great way to show your support of the podcast. Even if you just give it a glance, I'd really appreciate it, so go check out my merch. This podcast wouldn't be made possible without listeners like you, and if you want to get more involved to help support the show, you can go to anchor.fm and click the support button. It only takes a couple seconds, but your donation can really help sustain the future of this podcast. So if you want to support the show and get more involved, consider becoming a listener supporter today. And we're back! Okay, to jump right into the first story, this is the story that I told my mom, and it's the one that I wanted to start with because I think even though this wasn't our first fight that we had, it was one of our first bigger fights where I was like, dang, this is bad. Um, So at this point, we have been dating for I think a year and a half just to like set the stage around the the fight, and I... uh, started to work nights. So if you listen to my other podcast episode, I think I titled it How I Forced My Ex to Break Up With Me. Highly recommend because this story kind of goes hand in hand with that episode. So this was just about a year into dating and I should mention that my ex and I became super serious very fast. You know, like I love you's promises of marriage, engagement rings, all of the above like happened very, very quickly. And at this point, I was in my senior year of college, so I was taking classes from like 8 a.m. until 3 p.m. And then I started to work nights at a restaurant, so my schedule was super busy, and this does kind of play into the reasons why he and I ended up breaking up. But at this moment, we were just trying to balance out my new schedule. I was very busy, and I didn't have a lot of time left over for my boyfriend and for our relationship. That kind of got pushed to the back burner, which is unfortunate. Um, but, but I had just started working at this new restaurant. I was definitely like the newest employee, wasn't really comfortable there yet, but I was trying to put myself out there to meet people, and... To really just start to feel like I belong in this new like employment community, which, if you've worked in a restaurant, your restaurant co workers, you really do become a family. I just wasn't really there yet. Like, I think I had just been working there for maybe a month, like, just finished training, starting to really just like feel good on my own. And I was hosting one night, it was a weeknight, and my Co-worker who was hosting with me asked if I wanted to go next door because we were kind of in like a mall strip. So we were a restaurant and there was a restaurant next door to us. And she asked if after my shift, I would want to get late happy hour with her. We were both starving. We had both worked like four or five hours. So of course I said yes, because A, I was starving. And B, I was so new that I was just dying to become friends with the people that I worked with. This sounded like a great opportunity to get to know my coworker. And feel included feel part of something so i got off of my shift around 10 pm and i should mention that earlier that day after class but before i got to work my boyfriend asked if i wanted to get food and i told him no because i had work i had homework i had to get up for my 8 a.m the next day there was really no time It wouldn't make sense. And I just said, no, like I'll see you tomorrow because it was a Thursday night and I was going to see him Friday night. I definitely think that like social media played a big part in why we fought so often. Um, He and I were both Geminis, which at first sounded great because what Gemini doesn't love another Gemini? Geminis get along great with other Geminis, but we are very stubborn and compatibility wise, I don't believe that Geminis work. I want to be hesitant when I say that because I'm currently dating another Gemini, which is something that I said I would never do, but my boyfriend at this time and I were super stubborn, and if you've ever tried to fight with yourself, it's impossible to win because it's, you're, you're just stuck. Like you're fighting against yourself and neither one of you is going to budge. So this boyfriend and I just at the time we would get into such huge fights and social media played a huge part in it because as wonderful as social media can be in a relationship, it does come with its own obstacles. One of those being like oversharing, posting a story and then having your partner get mad at you. So I said yes to my coworker to get late happy hour after our shift. It was very logical, I was hungry, I needed to eat, it was next door, I would get to know my coworker. I do not believe I am doing anything wrong by this. So my coworker and I go next door, we order some late happy hour, I got sushi and wine, it was amazing and it looked beautiful cause it was a pretty nice restaurant. So I posted a story to my snap story of my sushi and wine and not even a minute later, My ex is texting me like crazy. Well, he's not my ex yet, but my ex now, boyfriend at the time, texting me like crazy, being like, what the hell? What are you doing? Where are you? Calling me like crazy, and he's furious. Like, I can't believe that you would do this to me type of mad. Keep in mind, I barely know this girl that I'm out to eat with. I'm trying to get to know her because she's my new coworker, and I turn my phone on silent hide it in my purse try to ignore the fact that he is blowing me up and this type of relationship anytime we'd fight my typical response is to just block him out of my life i would ignore calls i wouldn't want to fight i would want everything just to calm down before we talked and his type of response to fighting is to deal with it immediately get it all out on the table like come over call me a million times like want to just hash it out as soon as possible so that was another issue that we faced very often because we fought so much but yeah so he was blowing me up calling me on repeat and i just turned my phone on silent stuck it in my purse and tried to have a nice dinner getting to know my new coworker, but also realizing that i was in major shit as soon as i got home with my boyfriend After dinner, my coworker typically would take the bus home and I didn't want her to ride the bus when it was like 1130 at night and she lived so far away, so I offered to drive her. She lived about 30 minutes away, which was fine. I drove her home, dropped her off, but once I dropped her off, I realized that I was 30 minutes away from home in a place that I had never been. Granted, my phone has been turned off this entire time because my ex was calling me so much. And I realized I needed to turn my phone on to figure out how to get home, to use the maps, GPS, or whatever. I turned on my phone because I think it was on airplane mode or just like completely off. I don't remember exactly, but I turned off the cell service so that he couldn't continue to call me. As soon as I turned it back on, he saw that all of his green messages went to blue and sent. So he started calling me again. I couldn't even look at the GPS map on the highway because all I kept seeing was his phone call phone call coming in. I was getting very upset at this point because I was trying to drive home. It was late. I still had homework and he was irritated at me and blowing my phone up because I posted a story that I got food after I told him that I didn't have time to get food with him that night. As soon as I figure out where I am on the highway and know how to get home, I turn my phone off again. I get back home. I was still living with my parents at this time and they live kind of like on a curvy street and up the curved road, I could see this parked car in the street, which was kind of unusual for where my parents live because you know your area, you know where you live, you get used to what cars are around and who owns what car and this car was not supposed to be there. So I pull into their driveway, it's like 12.30, 1 a.m. at this point and I just know that that is his car. As soon as I pull in, those cars' headlights turn on, and the car slowly creeps up to my house. It is late. It is cold. I still have homework to do. I have to shower. I have class in the morning, and my ex-boyfriend, because I ignored his calls, drove all the way to my parents' house to deal with this issue. Before I get into, like, what happened, can we talk about how un-okay that is, because he came over to my parents' place in the middle of the night. Major boundary issues. Do not do that. You are not invited. I go out to his car. Okay, well, first I get out of my car, and I'm just going to walk on inside, ignore him. He's yelling from the street, like, Michaela, get over here. And I can't ignore that. I go down there. I tell him he needs to leave, which, as we'll get into other stories, kind of becomes um, a habit, I tell him to leave that he needs to leave that I need to go and he is so upset at me. Because I got happy hour with a coworker next door after work, after I told him I couldn't go out to eat. And I'm being very blunt about this because I'm not trying to show my side of the story or exaggerate his side of the story. But can you understand that going out to eat with a coworker on the same like location where you work is very different than setting up a date night with your boyfriend, driving there, like giving him your attention when you know that you cannot give him your attention in that moment just based on all the other responsibilities that you have. So me grabbing food after work is just not the same as hanging out with him on a school night. And it was very hard for him to understand that. I think it was also difficult knowing that I was giving all of my attention to school and to YouTube and to work now. And he did get pushed aside, as I said, like he was no longer my top priority when I had other things going on in my life. And we fought and we screamed. Well, mostly I was just screaming at him to GTFO and go home, but we fought in the street outside of my parents' place until like 1.30 in the morning. I was so mad. He took up all my night. He completely ruined my night. I know that I definitely tried to break up with him because I wrote a poem about that night, and this also became a habit, too, where I would try to break up with him, and yet somehow when we resolved the issue or the fight, we were still together, and I'd be like, wait, didn't I just try to end this, and yet here we are being like, I'm so sorry, I love you. It was just very toxic, and I think it was just a very, like, young love energy like chaotic energy it definitely reminded me of the movie The Notebook like we had the same type of fights it was just like super super high highs and very very low lows and as someone with bipolar I probably just gravitated towards that type of toxic relationship but I told my mom this story because she brought up that she missed him and I was like did you ever hear us fighting out in the streets in the middle of the night because that happened he beat me home, parked down the street with his headlights off, came driving on up to your house as he saw me walking inside in the middle of the night just to fight with me. And when my mom heard the story, she told me, oh my God, I'm so glad that you ended it. If anybody ever tries to do that again, run. And it was a big red flag. Looking back, I can identify this. In the moment, I think I was just so in the relationship and it had become such a part of our routinely like arguments that I didn't really realize that someone that was difficult to communicate with, someone that would blow up my phone and not respect boundaries and show up in the middle of the night, it is very, very immature and adolescent of him to be acting. So that was one of our fights, basically. As furious as I was at him and as, as much as I tried to break up with him. And to be honest, I definitely know that I did break up with him. And yet, as we would fight, it just seemed like no, no matter what we said during a fight didn't count. Uh, because we were still together. And not only were we still together, but we were still together for almost a year after that fight. Because we broke up right before our two-year anniversary. But, like, we still celebrated our two-year anniversary. Yeah that happened okay so the next fight that I want to bring up just to stay on topic with me telling him he needs to leave and him not believing me or listening is about the time that he would not leave my apartment and I ended up calling the police on him for trespassing yeah okay same concept except Now, at this point in our relationship, because of my new job at the restaurant, I was able to move out into my own apartment with a roommate who also worked at the restaurant. Just shout out to this restaurant because it literally gave me my entire life right now, all of my connections and where I am right now is because of that one job, which just goes to show how much a job can change your life. So my boyfriend and I, we went out to eat. We, of course, got into a fight on that date because what else would we do with our time together? And I was furious at him. I don't know what he said, but he pissed me off. And I remember the drive home. I even contemplated jumping out of his moving car to spare myself because it was so bad. And he caught on right away because he and I just we did have this very unique telepathic connection. As toxic as we were, we were able to really connect. And he knew everything that I was thinking I knew everything he was thinking. And that's why we probably worked and why we were together for so long. Because, yes, we had some really bad times, but we were also really good together when we weren't being awful. <laughs> so, as soon as I unbuckled my seatbelt in his car during this fight, he knew what I was going to do. And he basically told me, don't even flip and try it. So, I was like, shit, can't jump out of the car. Um, So now my only plan was as soon as he dropped me off at my apartment, I was going to have to book it inside without him following me because, you know, my reaction to fighting, my fight or flight response is to run. (laughs) Run far, far away and not deal with it. And he was the opposite. So he is trying to lock me in his car and yell and just get it all out and deal with it at that moment. I wish I could remember exactly what we were fighting about, but that just really does summarize our whole relationship because we fought so often that God only knows what we decided to fight over. And I should keep it real with you guys and say that I was also a very sensitive girlfriend. I've gotten a lot better at this point in my life, but back then... I would cry and I would get what I want. So that's what I mean when I said earlier that, you know, I have both manipulated him and have been manipulated. I think we were both enablers in this situation, but I definitely knew how to get my way. And sometimes if he didn't give me that, it might just have led to a fight. So who really knows what we were fighting over? Obviously it did not matter, but it led to this huge response. And we park in my parking lot of my apartment Eventually, I make it out of the car, but lo and behold, so does my boyfriend. So now we're fighting in the parking lot. I had recently moved in too, so I was trying not to get a noise complaint. I didn't want to stick out. This was my first apartment. I just wanted to be a good tenant. Now, my parking lot has locked doors from the outside unless you're a resident, so I had a code and a key to get into the building. And I tried really hard to beat my ex-boyfriend to the door so that he couldn't also gain entry. But of course, he grabbed the door right before I was able to shut it on him. So now we're both in the building. I should mention it is again like 30, 1 a.m. So it's very late. The building is very quiet and I'm getting to my actual apartment door. I do not unlock it because I know as soon as I open this door, he is going to come on inside and it's game over. God knows what's going to happen. I wasn't really afraid of him, but looking back, maybe I should have been. Like, I knew he would never hurt me, but at the same time, like, thinking about his behavior and how he treated these arguments that we would have, I should have been a little bit more concerned because those are really big red flags to have. He's not respecting my space. I'm telling him he needs to leave. You need to go. And he's not listening. He is ignoring my needs and he just wants to come in so we can fight. I can't really remember what happens first. If I manage to get the door unlocked or if I'm still hiding my keys from him because he, if he gets my keys and he will open the door for me. But I am repeating over and over again, you need to leave, this is trespassing, you need to go, I don't want you here, we will deal with this tomorrow. Like telling him all of that over and over again, telling him to leave, and him saying no. I tell him it's trespassing and I tell him I will call the police if you do not go right now. We're like yelling but we're whispering if that makes sense. Obviously I'm pretty sure all my neighbors could still hear us but I was still like whisper yelling because it was the middle of the night and I was a new tenant and I had a roommate so it would have just been really awkward all around you know. Uh, he doesn't listen. He's still fighting me on this. I just want to go inside alone. I do not want my boyfriend fighting with me, trying to gain entry when I'm telling him no. Whew, red flag, right? And eventually he doesn't really believe me when I keep saying I'm going to call the cops if you don't leave right now because you're trespassing and I don't want you here. And he's like, no, you won't. You won't do that to me. I whip out my phone. I dial 911 and I hit call. It rings once and I'm holding it in front of him to show him that I actually called and big mistake because I hold it out in front of him and he bats my hand, grabs my phone, hangs up the call and takes my phone from me, hides it in his pocket so I can't even get my phone. He will not give me my phone back. I tried to call literally 911 and he took it away from me and hit it and got pissed at me even more that I had tried to do that. Uh, And in the moment, I'm like so mad at him that I don't really realize that, girl, that's bad. If anybody else told me the story, I would be screaming on behalf of her, being like, girl, get yourself out of that situation. That is bad. That's scary. That's dangerous. I almost wish I did speak up about this sooner because, like I said at the beginning of this podcast... I just want to share these stories in case anybody else was as clueless as I was in the moment. Maybe you are blinded by love. You know, we only choose to see what we really want to see at times. And by listening to this podcast, maybe it will shed some light on anything that you're going through. And if not, maybe you can relate to a time when you did go through something like this and did not realize it until later. I don't know. I'm just putting this out there in case it could help anybody Because, boy, I could have used the help. And now I'm just trying to tell my younger self what I needed to hear at the time. So, I'm not really sure how this issue got resolved. Obviously, over time, he got irritated or gave up. And eventually, I did get my phone back and I was able to go into my apartment without him following me inside. I think what ended up happening is I unlocked the door tried to run inside without him I got the door shut but I could not lock it in time before he opened the door as well the only way that I knew I could keep this kind of quiet because I did have a roommate sleeping inside is if I left the door open so I just refused to enter my own apartment all the way and he was inside and I stood in the hallway And I just kept saying, you need to leave, you need to leave. And I got louder and louder, hoping that that would kind of show him that I wasn't kidding and that, you know, we were starting to cause a scene and I had called the cops. So eventually he did listen to me. He gave me my phone back and left. Somehow, once again, we looked past that. We were fine and we continued to date for probably like six months if not more because that was in march or april and we dated until november that again is just one of many examples of our arguments and our fights and how intense they were but then at the same time how much we just kind of like fought in the moment and then the next time we were fine and we'd be cute and i'd post some instagram about how he was the love of my life so Looking back, it was extremely toxic. It was very, very, like, up and down, just like in the movie The Notebook. It is the best example for me because I just identified to how they fought and loved each other so much. So, yeah, that was another big fight that we had. Uh, this next story of a really toxic red flag fight is from our earlier dating days. We were only dating for about seven months. And it was on my birthday, so I was turning 22. I don't have really much of a backstory for this one except for just the very fact that it was my birthday and I was going out with some friends. He was supposed to join us and he ditched us and went home on my birthday. I was drunk, I was, you know, very excited because it was my birthday and I wanted to celebrate and the second that he left to go home, I was very sad and upset because I had friends that were out for the first time that were going to meet him and to have him kind of just give off that personality and that first impression of, oh, he went home without me and now we're fighting, it made him look bad. It did not look good. My friend Madison and I were at Stella's in Uptown, if you're familiar. I loved Stella's in my early like going out days because they have such a great dancing room. So we were there and my ex at the time, oh, I wish I could just say his name, but I also don't, even though it's like very clear, you could just look up his name. And I don't want to get too repetitive, like saying my ex or my boyfriend, but he was at a different bar with some friends and he was going to meet us at this club that we were at. He texts me a few hours later saying that he's there. Suddenly he realizes there's a line and he isn't the type of person that waits in lines to get into a bar or a restaurant, which... You know, it goes by fast, it's always there, but once you're in the line, it moves and it's fine. It was summer too, so it's not like it was cold out and like for your girlfriend, wouldn't you wait in a line? So he gets there, he looks at the line, which I could also see out the window. So I knew it wasn't that long and when Madison and I were in the line, it was in fact longer. So it was a good time for him to be there. It's not like the line wasn't moving, like it was moving, you just had to have the bouncer check your ID, you know, and then you get inside. He saw it. He was like, "Nah, I'm not going to wait in that. Like, I'm just going to go home. Have a good night. I was so pissed, right? Like rightfully so, right? Because it was my birthday. My friends were going to meet my man and he ditched us and went home. I was irritated. It completely ruined my night. But at the same time, hey, I was out with my friends and Madison really is such a great friend because she stepped up to the plate, tried to make my night better. She got us shots. We were meeting people because Madison was very chatty. Like I have a harder time being outspoken with strangers, which makes me sound safe. But uh, when you're at the club, like I wasn't the type of person to talk to other people there. And she made friends right away. They were these great group of young guys around her age. She told them it was my birthday. And of course, they were like, what? And girls, this is the best like life hack or trick that I have learned about going out, all you need to do is tell people it's your birthday and they want to like throw drinks at you. Like earlier this night, Madison and I ran into some like friends of a friend who knew us through our high school and Madison even said like, yeah, it's her birthday. We're out. This guy handed us $15 and was like, oh my God, go get yourself a drink. I'll wait here because the bar was busy. (laughs) Madison and I bought ourselves drinks with his cash and just Left, Which is bad. But like, life hack, if you want to get free drinks, tell guys at the club that it's your birthday and they'll try to treat you. Okay. So she befriended these great group of guys, told them it was my birthday. They were like, oh my God, happy birthday. Let's buy drinks. They bought shots. They bought mixers. It was amazing. So uh, they were really cool. They were really nice. I still follow them all on Instagram. So it really is like a blessing in disguise with my boyfriend ditching me that night. And I still enjoyed my birthday, even though in the back of my mind, I had wished he was there to celebrate it with me. I did want to mention that I, oh, I'm not really proud of myself for this, but I am proud of myself for the later on decision because this was kind of like a, a fine line The guys that we met obviously were young singles and they were fun and they were cute and I started to vibe with one of them really well. I didn't push any boundaries because I was still dating my ex and I am not the type to do that, but he eventually did ask me out and I said yes. I told him that I was probably going to break up with my boyfriend at the time because we were fighting and I was mad at him for the whole birthday fiasco and that in the meantime, he and I can just get dinner, quote-unquote, as friends just to get to know him. Later on, I hashed things out with my boyfriend and ended up ghosting the guy that wanted to take me out, and I just felt kind of icky on the inside for doing this, but I wanted to just be completely transparent with you about the situation because that's just the toxic kind of like relationship that I was in, and it was not like it was leading me to do things like that or act a certain way because I am in control of how I respond to everything in life. But it put me in a place where I wasn't like valuing my partner, where I wasn't seeing the, the wholeness of our relationship. And that's not good. Like my response and actions themselves should be a red flag for like, hold up, something isn't right if you think it's okay to do this. Obviously, I did not cheat. I did not go through with that date, but just my behavior, it was a, a kind of like a blurred line there. Uh, yeah, so uh, later on, on the night of my birthday, after Madison and I went out, all my stuff was at my boyfriend's house. He lived close to the bar. It was my birthday. I was going to go sleep over at his place, and he went to bed without me. I was so pissed. Madison and I are in her car outside of my ex-boyfriend's house, and she's just kind of telling me, like, I mean, if he's making you feel this way... I don't think this is a good idea. Like, you shouldn't be with someone that upsets you. She was definitely trying to be a good friend, but also not go over her, like, boundary as a friend with telling me what to do, which you can be blunt. If you're my friend and you see something, tell me, like, how it is without sugarcoating it. But she was being nice about it. I went inside and my ex and I fought, I'm pretty sure this was one of the thousands of nights where I would pretend to pack up all my things, tell him I'm leaving, make it outside, have them chase me back inside. It was really quite a drunken routine of me like packing my bag, being like, I'm going to go. I'm so mad and being like, fine, go. And then once I get to my car being like, no, 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 wait, don't leave. Like one night it was so bad where I told him I was literally going to wake up his roommate and ask his roommate to drive me home because I had been drinking and I knew I couldn't leave. And I think he knew that, too. So he was like, you can't go anywhere. But I was so upset at him. I did not want to stay. So I was like, I'm just going to wake up your roommate and ask him to call me an Uber or have him like drive me home. I make it out of my boyfriend's bedroom down the hallway to his roommates and I'm like literally about to open the door. I give zero <laughs> Fs at this point and my boyfriend just like pulls me away from his room being like, don't do that. So that was our nightly routine and on the night of my birthday, it was no different. We fought and somehow we were still together for over a year and six months. Another big Fight, you know, it's just like, how did I not realize how bad it was when I was going through it? I think a big part of that is because I was blinded by all the good times, and we were so compatible. We did have wonderful times, everything was just amplified. So, as wonderful as it was, it was also horrible. The next big fight that I want to talk about is one of the last really big fights I think that we had. Obviously, we had like huge fights towards the end. But this was like the last really big one that I think was a major turning point in our relationship. And it was something that kind of, it still sticks with me today. And oh, I don't know if I have regrets about it, but I do feel really bad about what I ended up doing. So this fight comes to you live from Myrtle Beach 2018. If you remember that travel vlog that I posted I mentioned in that video that we had a fight on the beach, worked everything out, and that we were okay, but I kind of talk about it more because I want my vlogs to remain authentic. When he and I would go on vacation together, the vlogs made it look like picture-perfect Instagram boyfriend lifestyle, and I wanted to really highlight that that's not the way a relationship works. You have your ups and downs. Granted, I was in a very toxic relationship, so I probably shouldn't have been in that position to be giving relationship advice but who was I to know it was my first serious adult relationship so I was learning as I was experiencing it in real time so it's our first day on vacation in Myrtle Beach he and I have been together at this point for a year and like 5 or 6 months I think and who I don't even know where to start with this story I think there's a big like backstory I need to give almost, but I don't want to like talk too much about that because it's not like as juicy. Basically, it's like our first full day in Myrtle Beach where we like woke up in the hotel and had all day to just do whatever. We didn't have a lot in our suite, so I wanted to buy like water and beer and food and we forgot to buy sunblock and stuff like that. So I was going to shower and get ready, which takes me about an hour which sounds long, but girl, if you got a shower and you have long hair, you have to shave, you have to shampoo, condition, like it's a lot. <laughs> and then I I used to still wear makeup at this time in my life too, so I had to like put makeup on and all of that. But I also knew that I wanted to eat and we needed water for the beach. We didn't have any sunblock, so uh, we had just watched a movie too. And I, th- I forget what movie we watched the night before when we got there. But it was something like very, very stereotypical about how like men hunt and all like stay in prep or whatever. So we made some joke about that where it was like, okay, I'll get ready and you can go hunt and gather what we need. So I had Google mapped the closest drugstores or places that would have these necessities. And I just gave him a very short list. We needed water beer fruit and sunblock maybe some towels we had some hotel towels but we didn't bring any like beach towels or anything like that so i send him off and i hop into the shower i get ready he comes back about 40 minutes later and out of those four things he brought back beer no water no fruit and tanning oil so we had nothing to protect ourselves from the sun. We had nothing to hydrate with. I was upset, but I was mostly hangry because I'm the type of person that really needs to eat breakfast. Otherwise, my day does not start. If I get up at like 1230 or 1 p.m., which happened today, but I also worked a 15-hour like shift yesterday for something, so I needed to catch up. Anyway, I will have breakfast at 2 in the afternoon at 4 p.m. if it gets that late, if I had not eaten yet that day. Like, I need to have breakfast to start. He knows this about me. All I did was ask for some fruit. I thought that would be a very good beachy breakfast to have down at the shore. So when I realized that he did not provide something, like internally really got to me where it hit me like, oh my God, he isn't providing... He can't provide what happens when, like, we have a family. Is he going to be able to provide? Can I send him out to get what I need when I can't get there? Can I count on him? And it just spiraled. So I was thinking about all those thoughts. I had not eaten yet, so I was literally a monster. <laughs> and it was okay. Like, I think I just tried to, like, really brush it under the surface or under the rug and ignore what had just happened. We go down to the beach We don't have sunblock, this was our first big mistake. If I could insert the photos of us after this day, I would, but we were beat red so burnt i am i mean i'm pretty dark skinned as it is but i had never been so sunburned and it was something that typically never happened to me in northern america where i'm from so being down more in like the southern coast and getting sunburned it was shocking it was painful my cat is stuck in the blinds right now get out of there get out marnie this is a really professional studio that I'm recording in. As you can tell, it's covered in cats and they are loud. Get down. Anyway, as you could probably guess by now, my tactic when I am mad at him is to give him the silent treatment. I just will not talk because I'm pissed. I've, like I said, I've gotten better at this. I feel like I'm trying really hard to be more communicative and I'm no longer in a toxic Unhealthy relationship, which makes a big difference. But when I was pissed and wouldn't speak to him because I was mad, he would act the same way. And this is what I mean when I say that you can't fight with yourself because you will get nowhere. We were both giving each other the silent treatment. We acted like that for hours on the beach, would not speak. I was upset. And it sounds silly now, but in the moment, like it, it was so much like pent up anger that it was a bigger deal, especially when you are hungry and dehydrated and burning on the beach. I just didn't have any of my needs met. So even though it sounds silly to be like he just went out and didn't get you what you needed and it led to this huge fight, in the moment it was just I was mad at him. We didn't deal with it. I didn't talk about it. We just continued to go to the beach. I wasn't getting anything that I needed out of the day. I needed water, I needed food, I needed sunblock, and he didn't provide anything. So I was mad because in my head it was like, I literally gave you one job and you went to the liquor store. So it was irritating. We eventually end up having a huge like blowout fight feud on the beach. We are yelling. I feel embarrassed. I don't want to be this couple on vacation. It's our first day in paradise. and he won't stop yelling and I know the only way to really stop is to say what I'm about to say. It's something that I was feeling for the last few months. I had it written down in a note on my phone. I was journaling about this feeling because I was really afraid to admit that I felt this way or express it out loud, but it was there. It was festering and we weren't happy. We were fighting. I was mad. I was concerned that he wouldn't be a good provider if we had a family, all based on the fact that he did not bring fruit, water, and sunblock, which sounds so funny. But in the moment, it was exemplified. It was magnified. It's just, it was a big deal. So he's fighting. We're yelling. God knows what he's saying. It doesn't matter. It's the same S-H-I-T all over again. And I just blurt out, I don't think I love you. And this man fell to his knees like I had just taken his life, like as if I shot him. And he didn't say anything. He was hurt. I felt like I had crossed a line because, duh, I had. It was over. He packed up his beach essentials. He went back upstairs to the hotel room and he left me there crying. I didn't really know what to do. I definitely hurt him. I knew how much he loved me. Looking back, it's very clear that he loved me a lot more than I ever loved him because he really did do his best to give me everything I want. He treated me so well in between the times where we didn't Treat each other that well, but I mean, he was a a good boyfriend. He got me flowers. He was so good with gifts, and that's my love language. So when someone does that, you know, they understand me. And we, we he we were like so good together in some ways, and then we would become this toxic mess. The other half. So I go back upstairs to the hotel room. He's on the balcony. I don't know how to fix it. I lock myself in the bathroom. I am crying. I like, don't even know what will happen because we have this king suite for a week. We have flights. Like, we can't, he can't leave. He definitely could have. But, like, we, I just knew that, like, we're stuck with each other in this hotel room and with these flights. There's no way. Like, I have to fix it. We're on vacation. Make it right. And so I go out into the balcony and I say, I'm sorry. I love you. I like, how do you take back something like that, especially when it's the truth? And I don't want to say I faked it after that, but I mean, there's a reason why that thought came into my head and why it was like festering for so long. I had a note on my phone, like I mentioned, and it was just one sentence. It was very simple, but it was a thought replaying in my head for months and it went something like, I don't love him, but I love him too much to tell him. And that's exactly how I felt. Like I knew I wasn't in love with him, but I loved him too much to let him know. And I didn't want to hurt him, which is weird to say when you know that I really did hurt him just then on the beach. So somehow I am able to like get his forgiveness and I apologize. I act lovey dovey. I tell him that, you know, my emotions got the best of me. I used my bipolar card, which I don't even know if it was the truth or if I was just using it because I do have bipolar and it is really hard for me to like keep up with my emotions when I swing back and forth so often. But I. I basically was just like my mental health causes me to say things that I don't mean. I feel things in such extreme like emotions. And then once they're gone, like I know that that's not true. He accepts my apology. And we go back down to the beach to the same spot and have a great time. And we laugh over how, like, if anyone was listening, they're going to be, like, so confused when they see us coming back and, like, acting like the happiest couple. But if that doesn't summarize our whole relationship, I don't know what will. Because we had this huge fight and I basically told him I don't love him anymore. And a few hours later, he ends up giving me my engagement ring, which I've mentioned a few times in these episodes but I haven't really gone into it basically I mean I love the way that he did it it was perfect I want to say that I saw it coming but once we were up in that moment I like was worried that it wasn't going to happen I love Ferris wheels they're the most romantic thing ever we go on so many vacations and every time we're somewhere new I want to go on the Ferris wheel and we have like a moment up there you know it's just so like breathtaking so we go on the Ferris wheel in Myrtle Beach and I knew it was happening because the night before I wanted to go on the Ferris wheel and we were already out like by the Ferris wheel and he was like, wait, you do? Let's go tomorrow. And he like wouldn't let me go on. So I knew he like didn't have the ring with him. So this night we like planned it. We went on the Ferris wheel and once we were at the very top, it didn't happen like right away. So I was afraid that it wasn't going to, but then he... You know, basically just said that he didn't want our fight from that day to stop what he was going to do and he still felt blah 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 about me and he uh, gave me a ring. It was an engagement ring, like that's what it was called, that's the type of ring it was, but we used it as a promised ring that someday he would replace it with an actual ring, so we referred to it as being engaged to be engaged. It was like a promise ring, but it was more serious than like a high school promise ring. That's kind of our view on it. I loved it. It was the exact ring that I had sent him months ago when I told him I really liked it. Hint, hint. And I truly do believe that we were like very happy and that it wasn't fake. That I did at the same time that I thought I didn't love him. You know, I also saw a future with him and I also thought he could be the one. And that just plays into my multi. Like, not multi-personalities, but, like, bipolarness, where it was like, oh, I just don't know which side to believe. Like, do I want to be with him forever, or is this toxic? Do I even love him? It was, it was a lot <laughs> of emotions to keep up with. So it's crazy that in one day we went from fighting and crying on the beach to me screaming that I don't love him to a few hours later having an engagement ring around my finger. But that was just the craziness of our relationship, the up and down, the ups and downs, the toxicness of it, just how crazy it really was. And I'm so glad that now in my current relationship we haven't had anything ever near the intenseness of this relationship. But that was, I think, one of our biggest fights just by the words that I said. That kind of became a uh, pattern as well is we'd end up fighting and yelling and I would end up just saying something way over the line that would stop the fight but lead us to make up. And it was bad because I think from his perspective, he needs to also be respected. And if his partner is saying these things to him... He needs to have the self-respect to walk away. And that's why I firmly believe that he was infatuated beyond belief that he loved me more than I loved him. I've had other people say this too, and I've told them this story and other stories as well. Just they firmly believe, and I think so too, that he definitely loved me so much to look past these red flag issues and choose to only see the good. I know I did the same thing because we were still together for a long time after this, Uh, But looking back, I think if any of these things are happening to you, if you are dealing with something as toxic as this, you really need to use a more logic side of your mind and your heart to realize that this isn't the most healthy situation to be in and that there is somebody out there for you who will love you so much and respect you and listen to you and not cause you to feel this way and be so crazy all the time. So it was a fine line, and obviously in the moment I wanted that person to be him. Now clearly he isn't, and I've learned some valuable life lessons with how to deal with these experiences and not be as crazy, (laughs) but it is just kind of something that I had to go through in order to learn. So that was one of our crazy fights as well. Through these three big stories that I told you, it helped me think of some other fights that we had. Um, So some smaller ones that come to mind kind of on the same topic of like not giving him enough time when my life was so busy in school. Very similar situation to the first story. I had class at 11 and then another class at 2.30 and there was about like an hour in between my classes. He, for some reason, didn't have work this day. He worked a very typical like nine to five job. Some days he worked evenings, some days he just randomly had off. So either he worked an evening or he had it off. Early in the morning, he asked if I wanted to get lunch in between my classes. Usually I used that hour in between to sit either like in a hallway of some scholar building or in a library and just get some work done or even like go to the classroom early and just go on my phone for a bit it was like a lot of time oh my god my cat get down it was like a lot of time but at the same time an hour goes by so quickly it really wasn't enough time to find a new parking spot commute somewhere see my boyfriend eat lunch spend the money drive back and go to class it would really mess up my day and my structure like you get into a routine and my college routine included that hour break and I couldn't justify leaving. So I told him no, because I didn't have enough time before my next class. Like I just can't. However, on that day, I did end up getting coffee before my morning class with a friend who was in town. So my friend and I got coffee very close to campus at like nine in the morning before my 11 a.m. class, which was fine. And I don't, It was a very last minute decision so my boyfriend didn't know about this which i shouldn't even really have to tell him everything like again toxic red flag you know not good but during my one hour break in between my classes later that day i had a few photos from coffee because we went to this one place downtown if you're from the minneapolis area we went to Penny's off of washington super aesthetically pleasing like completely white with neon signs marble tile stuff like that it's great i highly recommend it's very corporate but it's fun So we went there. I got a few cute pictures of us with coffee and breakfast and yada yada. So during my one hour break in between classes, I was on my phone and I realized I never posted photos that I took of us at breakfast or at coffee. So I posted them and I knew my boyfriend was going to give me so much crap if I posted them because he would think that I like, Ditched him and got coffee with somebody else when I already said no to lunch with him. So, to make sure that this wouldn't happen, I put a timestamp on the photo. So, even though it was the afternoon, I included on Instagram the time that the photo was taken, which was at like 9 30 or 9 50. It was early in the morning. I put that in the photo. Literally, again, like less than a few minutes later, I get this furious text from my boyfriend being like, What the F? and accusing me and being like, really, are you serious? And he was mad. I did not respond. I rolled my eyes. At this point, I was very much kind of like done with it. I wasn't going to even try because we fought all the time. And at some point I gave up. About like 10 minutes later, he texts me again. He's like, I'm really sorry. I just noticed it was from this morning. Like, ignore that. But how can I ignore it when that's how you chose to respond? It was very toxic. Like, the fact that I even had to include the timestamp because I was afraid of how he would respond and I knew that he would be mad at me, it's not healthy looking back. We just really did not have healthy boundaries. We didn't have good communication skills. I didn't have, like, much of my own life without him. And that's something as a person that I learned I really need in a relationship. I am very independent. I have a very strict like routine for my life and I get overwhelmed easily. I need time to cool down. I'm an introvert. I just need to be by myself. And if I don't get enough time to charge like my introvertedness and like be alone, it's not good. So this boyfriend at the time would soak up any free time that I had. It was a constant battle of how much time can we spend together. He never felt like we had enough time together and I never felt like I had enough time alone. So it was very, very, um, I, again, my needs just weren't being met. And it's something I had to realize throughout that relationship. Like now with my current relationship, I can tell my boyfriend now, like I need time alone. Like tonight I'm just going to go home by myself because I need self-care time. I just need, to, you know, recharge. Of course, now my current boyfriend and I, we live basically in the same place. So he's he's one apartment over. So it's a lot more convenient when we decide to do that. But still, I've realized now that I need time alone to recharge and really just nurture myself. So I make sure that I take care of her and I give her that self-care time by herself. But at the time with my ex-boyfriend, I was giving everything I could to him and our relationship because I felt like I needed to that I was drowning on the inside. I was losing my identity and not realizing who I was. I wasn't taking care of me. And that really hurt me in the long run. In my last episode with my friend Hadley, we talk about the balance of a relationship and a social life and like your own personal care. And she does it all and I asked her that question like how do you balance it all so go listen to that podcast if you haven't yet because we do bring up this topic but I think it's really important to have good communication I think we mentioned that as well and just make sure that your needs are being met and you do leave yourself time because it's important and you need to take care of yourself first before you can take care of anybody else okay I have one more story of when my ex and I had a very bad fight. I can't believe I almost forgot this one. I just looked over my notes for this episode. I jotted down some of our big fights so that I wouldn't forget. And this one, ooh, again, for some reason, he just seems to always have these big fights when I have friends with me. And then they see him in this bad light. And yeah, it's bad. Anyway, so this last story takes place when I am in California for VidCon. I think it was 2017. It was actually just a few days after the fight that we had on my birthday. So, might have even been the same week. I was at my friend Tessa's place in California. Shout out to you, Tess. Love you. Miss you so much. And... I had one day to spend with her. She picked me up after VidCon and I spent like that day and that night with her. Then the next day she brought me to LAX and I went back home. So as great of a friend that Tessa is and I love her dearly, we don't get a lot of time together. This was... Probably like the one day out of the entire year and the second day of our entire lives that we really got to be with each other and have fun. And I was so exhausted from the convention VidCon that I was just at that when she asked how I wanted to spend that day together, I told her, you know, like, let's just have a relaxing day. She had a pool, so I wanted to have like a pool day. We can get a bottle of wine. Watch the new season of Orange is the New Black. Ugh, the good old days when summer meant a new O-I-T-N-B season. RIP. Anyway, so I just wanted a really relaxing day. She and I are out by the pool having a beer, having a great time. We take some photos. And since this trip was focused on social media with VidCon and YouTube and all of that, I had been posting a ton. Um, The... Two-hour difference made a really big impact on my boyfriend and I when we were communicating this week because during the day, like, I was at the convention center. I didn't have good service. I was posting photos, but he was at work, so we couldn't talk. And then once I got back to my hotel room, even though it was, like, 9 to 11 p.m. California time, it was sometimes like past midnight, 1 a.m., 2 a.m. back at home where he was sleeping. So I'd sent him like one mass text at the end telling him like how my day was and he would respond in the morning. This was the first day where VidCon was over. I was relaxing at a friend's house. He knew this. We took some photos at the pool. I sent him all of the photos in a text and they were going through. I had spotty service, but he was getting the photos and he complimented them. That was that. I then post some photos onto my story real quick on Instagram, and when I do that, I'm not scrolling through Instagram. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this when you're living in the moment, but you want to share something. You add it to your story, and then you turn off your phone. I do this a lot. If we hang out, you've seen me do it. So I add some photos that we just took, share them to my stories, and get off Instagram. Now, my boyfriend, even though he had just responded to those photos that I personally sent him decides to send me more texts. And he's mad. He's like, really? You're going to go on social media but not respond to my texts? Because I did not respond to him responding to the photos. It's not like I left him on read, but we weren't really talking. Like, I shared some photos. He was like, nice, baby. Like, those look great, whatever. And I didn't respond to that. So he replied to me after he watched my story upset that I didn't respond, but I took the time to go on social media and just felt like I wasn't giving him time. And I tried to explain that, like, I'm literally here with Tessa. It's our one day together. Like, I don't want to be on my phone. But by engaging in this argument, I ended up spending most of that day on my phone fighting with my boyfriend, which hurt me and made me feel like a terrible friend because I wanted to spend that day with Tessa, and I was ignoring her and choosing to text. It was awful, I kept apologizing, and I tried really hard to not be on it. She acted like she didn't care, but, you know, I, it is a mistake, and I wish that I didn't engage in that argument. I wish that I spent more time focusing on where I was because I miss her and I don't know yet the next time I'll see Tessa. I'm not sure like how much I shared with Tessa in that moment, but she knew we were fighting and I expressed to her my frustration. So again, it is just one of many friends that was seeing this boyfriend in a bad light and politely probably telling me to dump his ass So it's not good. Like, it's so ridiculous to me now, too, realizing all of this because in this new relationship that I'm in, I mean, I know that you cannot compare relationships, but it would just be so weird if he or me acted like this in response. And, like, my boyfriend now doesn't even have Instagram or Snapchat, so the whole concept of getting mad at me for what I post isn't even a worry because he doesn't have social media. It's actually really nice. Highly recommend. So it is more genuine. And when we do talk about our day, we have more to say because we weren't seeing it all day on each other's stories. But I mentioned this at the beginning of the episode where as great as social media is, it has led to a lot of more uh, opportunities to get into fights with my ex-boyfriend because so many of them have stemmed from what I post on my story or what he sees or me ignoring his calls. Like the amount of times that I had blocked him when we were dating because of how we would fight, it was endless and it was bad. It was toxic. I kept a lot of our issues swept under the rug. I did not express what we were going through to many people, especially my parents, specifically my mother. But looking back, it's like, I wonder if I told her more, if she would have just given me the advice that I needed. Because now when he was my ex and she brought up the whole like, oh, I miss him. And I'm like, no, you don't. And I finally opened up and told her some, just a very small sliver of (laughs) the real truth behind that relationship. She immediately told me to run and never date someone like that again. So maybe I should have like, been more open with her about these issues. She could have given me some advice maybe, but that's just another thing that I had to learn as I experienced it firsthand. So now here I am on my podcast sharing some of our worst fights and toxic like red flag warnings that I went through because I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that if you identify with any of these stories that you hear me when I say that you don't have to in a relationship like this and that is not what love looks like it might be like what infatuation looks like it could be a really toxic like younger relationship but if you are serious and if this is somebody that you want to call your partner for a lifetime either you know communicate and work on that or maybe you need to end it and that is blunt but that is something that i needed to hear when i was younger i always assumed that like Yes, we fought, but we'll just go to counseling and be fine. But you really should not have that mindset on it. Like now, it's like counseling and like therapy, as wonderful as it is, and I do support it and recommend it. Do not look at that as an answer when something else isn't working because it might just mean that whatever you're going through is not meant for you and that you need to like end it for your happiness. So if I could have ended that relationship sooner. I think the universe gave me a lot of, like, warnings or hints or, like, red flags to, like, you need to end it. And I just didn't even notice them at the time. But, yeah, those were some of our worst fights. And I hope that you learned something from this. I hope that you enjoyed listening and can recognize the reason as to why I decided to share these with you. I am not trying to be petty. I don't want this to come off, like, In a negative light, I've had this ex-boyfriend of mine's friend group actually come at me in horrible, negative, like cyberbullying ways this last year since we broke up because I have been so open about that relationship. But hey, that is just my platform. I, as much as I don't like this term, am an influencer and we did have a public relationship. So I'm going to share my experiences for positive reasons. One of them being this episode on red flags and what to look out for, and maybe you can learn from my own experience, but I was concerned because I did know that his friend group have come at me before for similar reasons, and it is, you know, very tragic and sad when that happens because, again, meddling and just immaturity, but if that happens, again, I am ready. I'm here for it, and I just want to state once and for all that I am doing this To shed some light on something that he and I have never spoken about. Some secrets that, you know, I never shared with anybody but are important because these fights do happen. They are dangerous, unhealthy, toxic red flags that need to be discussed in an openly manner. So if anybody has gone through something like this, you are not alone. It is probably very common, as awful as that is, and I want to shed some light on this issue and these stories just to really say that it is toxic. Not to sound redundant because I'm sure I've said this so many times by now, but you know, I didn't recognize it at the time and I need to be able to recognize it to share my experience, to shed some light on this, to share my truth and my story, to hopefully help somebody out there. And that is exactly what this episode is trying to do. So, Last but not least, I just want to thank my current boyfriend, Tyler, for being so amazing and supportive and never giving me any issue time like this at all. If anything, it has been the most mature, wonderful relationship that I have been in so far. So it it means the world to have someone like that to call my partner. So thank you, Tyler. And thank you for listening. Like always, I end every episode with a quote that has to do with what we talked about We talked about a lot in tonight's episode. So today's quote I found on Pinterest, as always, I probably always will, but it's from Cindy Cherie, and it reads, when all you know is fight or flight, red flags and butterflies all feel the same, which I found to be so fitting because I mentioned literally that entire quote this entire episode from... Fight or flight to red flags and even butterflies. Like, I just feel really connected to this quote because, in the moment, I definitely felt those butterflies and have probably mislabeled the red flags as love and butterflies. Because, as she states here, they all feel the same when all you know is spider flight, and I acted in a very flighty way where I would just run away and he would stay and fight. But it's not that black and white. There is a lot of gray area. There's a lot of communication and strong foundation to go over. And you need to have strong boundaries and conversations that might be tricky to have in the moment. But will benefit you later on. So yeah, with the right boundaries and conversations, I think you can work past this. But like she says, when all you know is fight or flight, red flags and butterflies all feel the same To end this episode, right after that quote on a recommended photo, it says, what do boundaries feel like? And I just want to quickly share these with you since it is also on topic. But what do boundaries feel like? It is not my job to fix others. It is okay if others get angry. It is okay to say no. It is not my job to take responsibility for others. I don't have to anticipate the needs of others. It is my job to make me happy. Nobody has to agree with me. I have a right to my own feelings and I am enough. So remember that. Carry those with you this week. I thank you all for listening. Please leave a review and make sure you're subscribed. But with all of that being said, have a wonderful week and I will see you next Thursday. Bye! If you want to get involved, have feedback, or perhaps your own story you'd like to share, please email me at breakingupwithmikayla at gmail.com, or you can reach out to any of my social media and send me a DM. I'm always looking for future guests, so if you want to save your story for an episode to guest star on, be sure to mention that in your message as well. Don't forget to leave five stars, subscribe, and have a nice day.